Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. The problem is Americans are not using the checks and balances we've been given. Tragic to say the least. A quick recap of yesterday's show and then straight to our guest. We had on Chris Carlson first hour. We talked about all things related to liberty. We talked about his incredible column, More Cleverly, More Cleverly Disguised is the name of his article. More Cleverly Disguised. And he basically talks about the secret combinations by evil, wicked men and women lording over the people, destroying liberty. More cleverly disguised. Great point, isn't it? We also dovetailed that article with Chuck Baldwin's latest article. The Mark of the Beast runs through the church. Chuck Baldwin, quote, as I have said repeatedly, says Chuck, and I will say it again, the entire COVID narrative, ladies and gentlemen, entire, including mass social distancing, forced lockdowns, now, um, what do they call these things, mandatory vaccine passports, etc., is a totalitarian, totalitarian tool designed by Satan. It's the spirit of Antichrist as a launching pad for complete turning us all into slaves. Imagine that. A launching pad for global enslavement. It talks about the mark of the beast. Great column by Chuck. And the problem is these vaccines are not even approved by the FDA. The very best thing you can say about the COVID vaccines is they are experimental at best. Anybody who receives one of these injections is flat out a human guinea pig. No one really even knows what the long-term effects on these vaccines will really be. Thousands of healthy people, believe it or not, have already died after taking the vaccines. And tens of thousands of people have already been injured. Not to mention the science behind this virus has not even been substantiated. Never mind all that, right? Hundreds of medical doctors, scientists, health professionals, and others are saying that most of the debate about the, around the vaccines and the virus is hyperbole, to say the least. The debate rages on. But really, we've got to talk about Republicans versus woke corporations a losing battle. That's kind of part of the issue as well. So we talked in detail with Chris Carlson about those details. Second hour, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. We talked about eternal vigilance is required to preserve and maintain liberty. We talked about the parable of the ten virgins, what it means to be ready. We talked about it's time to go to work, pray hard, and then lift where you stand. we got a lot of work to do in America. I'll tell you that right now. But some are now saying that, hey, <laughs> the vaccines are flat out the mark of the beast in the Bible. I don't know that we have evidence that that's all true, but certainly they are using it to destroy liberty. That's beyond debate. 
without further ado, let's jump into it with our guest, Becky Akers. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure and a privilege. By the way, Becky Akers is the author of a couple of incredible books. First one's Hailstorm, about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest patriots to ever live. The second one is Abducting Arnold, the revolutionary new novels, Buy Them Before They're Banned. The uh, Abducting Arnold is the other side of the Benedict Arnold story you probably haven't heard much about. Very interesting indeed. Anyway, we'll highlight those novels through the broadcast. But, Becky, what do you think? Uh, Chuck Baldwin now saying flat out the COVID-19 uh, pandemic lie, the vaccine lie, everything surrounding it really is smacks of the mark of the beast. Your thoughts? I have heard that not only from Mr. Baldwin, but from a number of other commentators, too. And it's always difficult to understand biblical prophecy. Um, I think all we need to do is look back at the Jewish nation when Christ was on earth and how badly they had misinterpreted biblical prophecy about the Messiah. Um, So I am reluctant to say very definitively, yes, it's the mark of the beast. No, it's not the mark of the beast. Um, I think that we should have some humility when we approach biblical prophecy and understand that there are more than uh, a few ways of looking at it. It's fascinating, Sam. I've had the privilege of attending various denominations, uh, churches from various denominations in Christendom. And I've attended churches that preached Revelation and um, other biblical passages, the passages in Daniel and in Matthew about the end times. I have heard pre-tribulational um, uh, preaching. I've heard pre-millennial preaching. Um, some churches are very, very set on these. I've also attended Anglican churches where they consider Revelation to be not prophetic, but actually retrospective where they look back at church history, and they read church history into Revelation. So I'm, I'm not able to say definitively, yes, it's the mark of the beast. No, it isn't. But I do know it is totally satanic. It is totally evil. Um, one of the things you'll come away from the Bible, from reading the Bible, is that the Lord is very much in love with liberty. He does not force us to love him on this earth. And I think one of the reasons he created free will and honors liberty so much is that that is the only situation in which love can flourish. We can only truly love one another when the government isn't compelling us to do so. And one of the things that government is really good at is compelling welfare, compelling charity, so that Christians wind up resenting, rightfully so, people who are stealing their money from them. And they blame the recipients, and rightfully so. You have now turned charity into theft when you put the government in charge of dispensing what the church and individual Christians should be dispensing. So um, for the, that all aside... What we are witnessing now is unmitigated evil. It's unprecedented. 
It is a an attempt to end liberty everywhere on planet Earth. We know that this is straight from the pit of hell because, again, the Lord loves liberty. He gave it to us to be a cherished gift. Um, I would say that after salvation, liberty is more important than physical life itself because without liberty, life isn't worth living. There you have it. Becky Akers, I completely agree, and I can't say whether it's the mark of the beast or not, but here's what I can say. You know, I don't know everything, but I'm 50-plus years old. I've been on the radio for almost 30 years, over 25 years. And I look at all the different things that we hear. You know, prophets galore, and I would say they weren't prophets, but, you know, there you go. Um, basically uh-huh. say, you know what, we've, we've, we, the end is here. You know, this is the end of the world on this date or that date. You have economic uh, pronosticators saying, hey, you know what, economically we're going to melt down. This October there's going to be a financial surprise. They're going to yank the financial world out from under us. They're going to this. They're going to that. And Others say, you know what, food store, you're going to have a food crisis. It's going to be a famine in the land. And others say, and there's been doomsday prophecies for my whole life under one machination or another. And I look at it and I say, you know what, they just don't come true. Now, does that mean that biblical prophecy will not happen? I'm not saying that. Of course, biblical prophecy will happen. But our interpretation, as you wisely point out, (laughs) leaves a lot to be desired. We can't even determine what the weather is going to be tomorrow, folks, as a a society. Okay? So let's be very clear. It's, It's us. I'm not saying it's God. God's right. The prophecy will occur. It will go down exactly as God intended. Make no mistake about that reality check. However, in the meantime... However, in the meantime, it's um, a situation where our, interp- our interpretation could seriously be lacking. And I would say that's the starting point, as Becky pointed out. Uh, but every time we jump on the bandwagon, vaccines are going to kill everybody. Well, I believe the vaccines are evil. I wouldn't put that toxin in my body. But at the same time, everybody's not dead. Okay? I mean, if, if, if the doomsday scenarios about vaccines were all to come true, everybody on the planet would be dead by now. So... I only step back from that, not to say that these things aren't serious, but to say that if we overreach too much in our claims, we lose credibility too. So we need to step back. We need to trust God. We need to defend or depend on our own interpretations a little less. And what we really need to focus on, in my mind, is the things that we can do something about, the things that we can actually make a difference regarding. I can't change the vaccine plan by the government, but I can sure as heck not take it. I can't change the mask policies, but I could sure do my best not to wear masks and to not go places that force masks on us. Okay, so let's step back and focus on what we can make a difference regarding, and then best and most important, how we can affect that difference. There's good ways and bad ways to go about affecting that change that we so desperately need, Becky. I think it's wise not to predict timing, not to predict details. Certainly will the fiat currency fail? Absolutely. But exactly when and how and where and what, I don't know. And every time you make a claim, you lose credibility when it doesn't come true. We'll come back and have Becky respond. Then I want to jump into Ammon Bundy and what he's been doing and the battle that he's experiencing. We'll talk about it in detail with Becky Akers on your radio. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Becky Akers on your radio. So, Becky, I'm just saying that, hey, whenever we predict timing on a lot of these things, we take too much responsibility onto our own hands. I don't know exactly what will happen when. I just know this. They're literally attacking liberty everywhere we are, everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we say, and we've got to push back and stop it. The question is, how do we, in an effective way, without jeopardizing credibility, how do we not overreach and make our statements just as false as theirs because we think we know more than we know, et cetera? An interesting balance to highlight, don't you think? Yes, and there's a corollary to this, Sam, although I'm getting rather far afield as I mentioned it. But um, just as we cannot ad- accurately interpret many biblical prophecies without hindsight, you know, you, you read the Bible, it's very easy to see that Christ is the Messiah, and you sit there and you think, well, how could they have been so stupid in the first century? They didn't see this. He was fulfilling all the signs, and yet they didn't. And we need to have some humility when we approach questions like this, because we are the same. We're making undoubtedly a lot of mistakes, different uh, thoughts on what Revelation is all about in Daniel. The flip side of all that, however, is that I find prophecy in the Bible to be a wonderful affirmation that the Bible is indeed what it claims to be, the direct and inspired Word of God. There is no human way to explain the prophecies that have been accurately fulfilled to the letter, and there are hundreds of them. Anyone who is even passingly familiar with the Old Testament will know that there were numerous prophecies, not just about the Messiah, but about Israel as a nation, about various other nations, such as Edom, 
such as uh, Persia, such as the Mede, uh, various prophecies that were fulfilled to the letter. Uh, it really helps if you get a commentary when you want to read the prophetic books. If you know ancient history, that's a boon because you will be able to see exactly what was being prophesied and how it was fulfilled. Um, there are even Cyrus. There are uh, mentions of specific names in the Bible of, of kings and emperors who would fulfill the biblical prophecy. Cyrus is one. Um, it's just uncanny. It cannot be human. Um, because any of us, if, if Sam, you tell me what's going to happen next week. What are going to be the headlines in the papers? Is Ukraine going to go to war with Russia? Is the United States going to jump into that? None of us can accurately predict something like that. We certainly can't give details about, well, this many uh, uh, ships are going to be there and this many troops are going to be congregating on the board. The only we thing I can do, do, Becky, if I'm, the only thing I can do if I'm responsible is pray the answer is no. <laughs> exactly. But the Lord lays out time after time after time in the Bible. He tells us exactly what's going to happen, and he tells us all the details of it. So anyone who tries to challenge the Bible and anyone who challenges Christianity is going to have to face that hurdle. How do you account for this? How did this happen if the Bible is not the inspired word of Almighty God? How do you explain the hundreds of fulfilled prophecies to the letter with astounding details? How do you explain that? But anyways, that's It's impossible, and that's why I use it. That's why I use it to testify of Christ and focus on, look, the Bible is true. Uh, Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. He lives today. And he basically lays out, I think the most important for us is, he lays out the way to live. He lays out the way that we can be self-governed if we obey a few simple laws. Try the, the two great commandments, love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself, and then the Ten Commandments. Put that together in kind of a, 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 a governing values for your life, if you will. And he teaches us the way to live. And then he promises us if we live that way, we shall have liberty. Becky? That's right. And he tells us how to be reconciled with Almighty God, a a holy God who cannot look on sin. And all we need to do is trust Christ and thank him for his sacrifice on the cross in our place. All that's required to be reconciled with a holy God who cannot tolerate sin. And that's all that's required to spend eternity with him. You know, Sam, I'm always impressed with what a gentleman God is. He is not going to require anyone who hates him, anyone who doesn't want any part of him, to spend eternity with him. He's going to say, well, then depart from me. I don't know you. And what more could any atheist ask than to be left alone by God? God will give him exactly what he wants. But... If you think that spending an eternity apart from the Lord is a desirable thing, you don't know anything about hell. Yeah, the saying goes, be careful what you wish for, huh? <laughs> just just it. might come true there now. Uh, be careful. All right, but you know what? There are things we can do to advocate for the sacred cause of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. We can live our lives according to God's law. He promises us biblically that if we keep his commandments and turn to him and repent, then he will heal our land, then he will protect us. I don't know of any, I mean, I don't want to debate how great promises are, but I don't know of any greater promises than you'll protect me and heal my land. It sounds like a wonderful, wonderful blessing, but we can, we must do what he asks, okay? We must obey. 
One of the first laws of heaven is obedience. We must obey. And so that's interesting. Now, Ammon Bundy, and I want to dovetail this together because it's interesting. We may not be able to predict all the prophecies and decide exactly what's going to happen when and, and all that kind of stuff on a, on a macro scale. But on a micro scale, we can make a difference. And I don't know if you're caught up on the Ammon Bundy story. I'm going to basically give you a little summary, Becky. Then we're going to play a big, long clip. I'm sorry it's so long. But I must play it because I believe this is kind of the tip of the spear in the liberty debate on the ground where people can make a difference right now. So Ammon Bundy lives in the state of Idaho. And as you know, Ammon Bundy is the one that took over the Mount Here Wildlife Refuge. And uh, right. basically he served two years in jail and uh, he was guilty of nothing. Uh, the grand jury said he was guilty of nothing and let him go. They tased his attorney in court, Marcus Mumford. Uh, then they basically draw, dragged him to another court in Nevada. And eventually the judge basically dismissed the case and said the government's too criminal. They withheld exculpatory evidence. They lied on the stand. The government's just too out of control. We've got to dismiss the case. This is too egregious. Let him go. I believe, really, that was the claim. And I think that's all true. But I think the greater discussion is they didn't want all the evidence to really come out. They didn't want us to know who the agent government provocateurs were inside the Mount Hur Refuge with Ammon. They didn't want all the information to be drug out into the public. And so they, they dismissed it. But they admitted some fundamental truths along the way. Anyway, to make a long story short, Ammon's free with his family. He suffered for nothing. Um, a speedy trial was out the window. Truly transparency and true discovery never happened. Uh, so the criminals walk free because there's no accountability on the government side of things when they lied and did all the dishonest, immoral things. Uh, for example, the government said they never pointed any guns at people. It turns out that there was snipers on the hill pointing guns at innocent, unarmed Americans, and the government got caught lying about that. And the lies continue from there. But they're egregious, they're abusive, uh, and Ammon told the truth. And uh, really, the courts vindicated him, which was a huge blessing. I digress, except to give you the backstory. That's Ammon Bundy, great guy, doing a wonderful job. Um, he was also at the uh, Bundy Ranch when the government was trying to abuse them. And uh, Anyway, so all these cases culminate into now Ammon's free and guilty of nothing. Well, now Ammon's been uh, trying to uh, deal with the state of Idaho because the governor there, Mr. Little is his name, Brad Little, literally uh, declared a state of emergency and then a state of extreme emergency, virtually putting the state of Idaho under martial law. Now, you don't feel like martial law because they're not taking the steps that, you know, martial law could entail, meaning putting, uh, you know, military vehicles in the streets and all this kind of stuff. But virtually this uh, declaration of emergency or extreme emergency, the martial law kind of deal is based on the documents uh, that government has laid out over time where the governor gets all power <laughs> simply sets the legislature on standby mode, et cetera, et cetera, in the state. Um, he did that because the federal government wanted him to. And the federal government wanted him to because they want to make these governors, the ones accountable around the chopping block, for the bad decisions made. Nevertheless, to make a long story short, because he declared an extreme national emergency, I'm sorry, an extreme state of Idaho emergency, he then was able to get $8.1 plus billion dollars for the little state of Idaho, folks, $8.1 billion and maybe more to the state. Now, that's bad enough, right? But now the governor even made an order that said, and by the way, uh, the spending of this money is at my, meaning the governor's, pleasure. I can spend this $8.1 billion however I want to because in an extreme state of emergency, I'm flat out in charge. Literally, Governor Brad Little becomes a kingmaker. So Ammon Bundy was going to go in August 
to the state legislature and advocate for accountability here. We've got to expose this. We've got to do something. Long story short, Ammon went back in August of 2020 to the um, state legislative uh, capitol building. And because he wouldn't wear a mask, they eventually arrested him. They didn't charge him with not wearing a mask because that's not against the law, as we all know, even though the governor tries to mandate it. But what they did do is they, they said he was guilty of trespassing. We'll talk about that with Becky Akers. Play a big old long soundbite from Ammon Bundy on an update. Fast forward, if you will. And then we'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Two Republican congressmen under investigation. The House Ethics Committee announcing Friday it's investigating New York's Tom Reed and Florida's Matt Gates. The New York Times reporting Gates is under a federal investigation for sex trafficking and other allegations. Speaking in Florida, Trump Doral Gates promises he won't back down. I have not yet begun to fight for the country I love and for the nation that I know benefits from America first principles. I'm built for the battle. And I'm not going anywhere. As for Reed, he's accused of sexually harassing a female lobbyist four years ago. He has apologized and says he won't seek re-election. Myanmar's military rulers announcing plans to hold elections in two years. Meanwhile, more violence between the military and protesters. There are reports that at least 10 people were killed Friday. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer being urged to retire. The liberal advocacy group Demand Justice launching an effort Friday to publicly pressure the 82-year-old to step down so President Biden can nominate a black woman. This is USA Radio News. Could an ancient mystery be determining the events of our time? Could it reveal the secret of our future? Are recent events a warning that we are approaching judgment? How much time do we have left? Author Jonathan Kahn releases the book that reveals what could not be revealed until now. His newest New York Times bestseller, The Harbinger 2, The Return. Embark on an epic journey to uncover the mysteries and revelations that are changing the world and will change your life. Available online and wherever fine books are sold. The MyPillow Premium Pillow Special continues at MyPillow.com. If you go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special, use my promo code USA. You can get a standard or queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. That's a $40 savings. King size, only $5 more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175. Religious liberty advocates claiming victory. The Supreme Court late Friday night rules 5-4 in favor of Bible study groups who claimed California's COVID restrictions violated their rights. More problems reported with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Georgia on Friday stops administering the vaccine after eight people report side effects. The CDC investigating. USC professor of medicine David Agus telling ABC News we shouldn't overreact. The current vaccines that are out there in the public work against all of the variants. The American public should rest assured that science is pivoting along with our knowledge to be able to take care of this. And the benefits of the vaccine tremendously outweigh any potential downside. The CDC investigating similar issues in Iowa, Colorado and North Carolina. Scientists alarmed by the number of dead whales washing up on the shores of the San Francisco Bay Area recently. The bodies of four gray whales found in nine days, the latest on Thursday. One whale hit by a ship. Investigators looking into the other three deaths. This is USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bush with Becky Akers breaking it down, talking about prophecy, hard to interpret, devastating, uh, problematic meltdowns of any kind, predicting when and where and how. In my mind, a fool's game. The key is to do what we can do to influence what we can have influence over and to advocate for what we can actually make a difference regarding. Predicting the weather, hard to do. Making sure that I keep the commandments of God, well, it's not certainly easy. That's what repentance is for, but it's certainly doable and something that we could advocate for, something that we will and should advocate for, something that really makes a difference in people's lives, not only on an individual level, but on a family level and on a societal level as we learn to keep the commandments of God. And if we do, if we turn to him and repent and, and work at keeping his commandments, he promises us that he'll heal our land and protect us. What incredible promises when you really think about it. Heal your land, what does that mean? Well, you can go off on a study about that, but I'm telling you the promises are glorious and great. When we follow Jesus Christ, wonderful things happen, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I digress. Except to say Ammon Bundy has been fighting this good fight for a long time. And instead of getting into the prophecy and the stuff that we don't have control over and or enough knowledge about in many ways, uh, Ammon Bundy is fighting on the ground saying, look, this governor, Little, Brad Little, just cannot turn the state of Idaho into like a kingship, a dictatorship. He just can't become king, uh, garner $8.1 billion from the feds, and then say he can spend it however he wants to. So Ammon Bundy back in August went without a mask to the state capitol, got arrested a couple of times. Then there's been a big litigative reality ever since. Long story short, the government admitted they didn't have proper authority, and they dropped a bunch of the cases against Ammon. I say a bunch of the cases because, well, over the last couple of days, he just got arrested again, twice in one day, matter of fact, over the same various issue of trespassing. So here's what happened. He was supposed to go to court because, of course, the court case just lasts forever. Speedy trials are out the window. In fact, they've suspended trials. Uh, in Idaho to a great degree. You just can't get before the courts, okay? Because of the COVID, don't you know? That's the way they're taking away all liberty. Anyway, I digress, except I'm telling you that, so Emmett Bundy goes to the court because he's ordered to go to court, right? He gets there. They won't let him in because he won't wear a mask. Then what they do is they say he failed to appear. See, he didn't go into the courtroom and appear. Well, he didn't go because they wouldn't let him in. Why wouldn't they let him in? Because he wasn't wearing a mask. Why wasn't he wearing a mask? Because he says it's not a law and you can't make me wear a mask. There's, no been, there's not been a legislative body that have passed a mask law. Well, I know, but the governor, hey, you know, in an emergency, look, it's well over a year. He doesn't have emergency authority, folks. He has 30 days. And then if he really needs to, 30 days more at most, even according to the Idaho state law, he doesn't have authority to mandate masks. There is no law. So the debate rages on. They say that Evan Bundy didn't show up in court. Anyway, the bottom line is he goes to the Capitol to try to figure all this out. He gets arrested twice in one day. Here's the narrative, according to Ammon. It's a little bit long, but we've got two hours, thank heavens, with Becky. And you would say, Sam, why go through this big thing and not let Becky talk? I'll tell you why. Because I want to catch Becky up on this story. And the reason I want Becky completely caught up on this story is, number one, she's an author and she's a writer. Uh, but number two, and most importantly, I consider Liberty Roundtable one of the greatest think tanks on the planet right now. And I consider Becky Akers one of the greatest thinkers on the planet, too. Because not only do you got to be really intelligent to think well, but you gotta have a, you got to have a God world view to be a great thinker, in my humble opinion, to which I'm entitled. Okay, you got to be able to put God's perspective, at least our understanding of it. I know we don't speak for God, but we can certainly um, use our faith in Christ as part of the guidance on this. Um, 
but Becky's one of the greatest thinkers, folks. And I want to get her take. You know what? We can't solve all the problems of the world. We can't influence, uh, you know, prophecy and, and, and decide prophecy and figure it all out. What we can do is make a difference on the ground where we are. What we can do is fight for liberty. And I believe that Am- Ammon Bundy is one of the people on the tip of the spear doing this and, and incredibly well. So anyway, long story short, here's a, a little bit more of what Ammon says is happening. And then we'll start to discuss it in detail with Becky Akers. The clip, please. I have had an interesting day. Had an interesting day. I uh, been arrested twice today, and I'm either completely stupid and crazy, or we have a huge problem. Because I know that it's not just Idaho. I know that it's all over, and uh, I don't want to, you know, drag this on too long. But basically. Many of you know, in August, I got went to a special legislative session at the Capitol building in Idaho where the governor was trying to make himself immune from the COVID decisions and all the terrible things he's done to Idaho. Um, the governor's received, we know, of $8.1 billion. Um, he put the state of Idaho under martial law, under Code 46601, which basically says that all the government of Idaho is under the governor. Um, and then he uh, did exactly what the federal government wanted him to do, and he's received $8.1 billion, and he has made a own, his own proclamation saying that he gets to spend that money at his pleasure. And if you don't believe me, go to his Order 202007, Governor Little of State of Idaho, Order 202007, where he says that He's putting together this committee that serve at the pleasure of the governor and the governor's office is going to spend all the coronavirus funds that they received from the federal government, which is $8.1 billion that we know of. Um, He suspended the rest of the Idaho uh, government, the legislatures, um, and he's basically running amok here in Idaho. And so in August, this was months ago, this was eight plus months ago, uh, he tried to pass a bill that would make himself immune from any of his COVID decisions. And we went and the governor and the Speaker of the House targeted me and uh, originally thought it was the pro temp as well in the Senate. But we've kind of realized with all the discovery and all the the letters and emails and facts and stuff that we've got through discovery, we, we, we now know that it was the Speaker of the House and the governor. And uh, they targeted me and had me arrested in August twice and trespassed me from the Capitol building. They did that so that I wouldn't, you know, influence the legislatures to end the uh, the emergency orders and the martial law that the governor has put the state of Idaho in so that so that he can continue to receive billions of dollars and have the governor gover- government under his control. And... Um, that's what this is all about. So, you know, then I began to fight my case. Uh, many of you know, they denied us uh, trial for months and months and months, clear from August 2020 to March 15th of 2021. They wouldn't give us a trial because they said the trial, jury trials have been suspended in Idaho. Imagine that, jury trials have been suspended in Idaho. 
Then, because we kept pushing and insisting that we get a trial, finally, seven months later, they give us, uh, actually more than that, but yeah, I know about seven months later, they give us a trial date on March 15th, and we go to show up at the trial, and they arrest us for not coming in without a mask. We were down there, they wouldn't let us in, and they they give a warrant for failure to appear for me and myself and Aaron, one other guy who's going through this with me. So we go to the courthouse, we try to get in, they will not let us in, they block us from coming in, and then they file a, a warrant for our arrest for failure to appear to our own trial. So anyway, that happened. Uh, we also have been you know, fighting and litigating, and we found that there was a bunch of corruption in what happened when they arrested me, of course. And we found clearly that the director of administration uh, didn't have authority. Uh, he was acting basically as a pawn for the governor. Uh, but he didn't have authority to uh, trespass us in the Senate gallery. So to make a long story short, we exposed that, uncovered it, we filed a motion, and we had that charge dismissed. So now I only had one charge, one trespassing charge. Well, so then today, I had a meeting over there by the Capitol building, and I thought, well, I now that that trespassing charge has been dismissed, and that was the only uh, written authority that they claimed, and also we knew that Bedke, the House Speaker of the House, didn't have authority, so I'm going to go into the Capitol building, and I'm going to find out what authority they have, like, and I'm going to test it. So I went in there. And ultimately, the ISP surrounded me, and I asked them, you know, by what authority are you doing this? And they couldn't answer me. They wouldn't answer me. And they arrested, they put handcuffs on me and arrested me, drug me out of the Capitol building, took me down to Ada, Ada County. The entire time, I'm asking, you need to show me authority. You don't have proper authority. You need to show me the authority in which you are trespassing me for. And they wouldn't and couldn't. So then I sat in the cop car at the jail in the in the little Sally Port area. I sat in there quite a while, and I could tell that they were doing something going back and forth. And then on their computer in, in the front seat, I noticed that the, uh, the administrator, the director of, of administration, which is Keith Reynolds, I noticed that a, the letter that he trespassed us with showed up or popped up on the screen. And then I, I kept, so then when they came, I asked them, well, what authority? And they said, the authority under the director of administration. That's what we're arresting you for. Well, that case had been dismissed. That is the very case that didn't dismiss because of, you know, they didn't have authority in the first place. And the court had to, or the prosecutors had to recognize that. And they dismissed the case. And so he's telling me that he's getting authority to arrest me now. This is what the ISP officers they're getting authority to arrest me now uh, because of a case that's been dismissed. And so, you know, I, I was like, wait a minute, that, that isn't right. So they booked me and did all the things and I bailed out, got a ride, went right back to the Capitol building and sat there. I, I went up on the um, Senate side and sat in the Senate, right by the Senate entrances, just sat there. And uh, here comes um, Idaho State Police Blake Higley, who is the governor's personal security uh, sergeant. 
Uh, I don't, you know, and he comes over there and uh, he basically says, round two, huh? And I said, well, I don't know. I'm just wanting to know what authority you have to trespass me on. And he says, uh, uh, he couldn't give it to me. And then he went over and he started talking on the phone for a little while. I'm just sitting there. And then he comes back over and he, and I said, so did you, you find out what authority you're, uh, you're, um, try, trying to trespass me, me on? Cause he said at this point, he said, I was, I was detained and he says, I don't need authority. That's what he says. I don't have to have authority. I think it was exactly words. I don't have to have authority. So you're just going to like trespass me, put me in handcuffs, drag me out of the Capitol building during a session. I want to, during a session and during normal business hours, it was fully open, you're going to drag me out of the Capitol building again in handcuffs for the second time in one day and you never had authority and you couldn't quote authority. So then I said, well, does a person have a right to protest in the Capitol building? And he says, yeah. I said, so why are you arresting me? And then he says, well, we're arresting you for trespassing. And I said, well, what? then who, by whose authority? Because it's very clear in Idaho law that you have to have the proper authority from either the, the speaker of the house, the pro tem for the Senate, or the administration, depending on where you're at in the Capitol building. And so I'm asking what authority? And he just, he, he w- couldn't answer me. He wouldn't answer me. The only answer he gave me when it comes to authority is that he didn't need any. He didn't need any authority to arrest me. So anyhow, now I have been arrested five times now, five times for simply trying to participate in a representative government. And, you know, I don't know what else to do. I can't even get to a jury. The Idaho Supreme Court now has has suspended jury trials again the, the very next business day after I tried to get into the courtroom. They suspended jury trials again. I mean, imagine that. That's a constituted, constitutional protected right. The right of the people to have a jury, a fair and public jury, a, a speedy and public jury. Now we're looking at eight plus months. I've still never been given a jury and I, I'm not going to ever get one. Really, it looks like that. And then when they set a date and I go to participate, they say that I have to comply to a mask and other things, which I, I can't morally do. And so we're in trouble. And I know that Idaho is not the same. Idaho is not the only place doing this. Idaho is not the only state. In fact, there where the governor put the people of the state in a martial law situation. I mean, I want you to look up Idaho 46601, the code. It is a martial law code. And it's every, if that code is the one that the governor has used to give authority to every one of his proclamations. And in that authority or in that code, if you keep reading down, it'll say that the, that the, all the government is under the governor, including the policing of powers of the state. It's complete dictatorship. It's complete dictatorship. And the, the, the thing about Idaho law is it only says that the governor can, do certain things under martial martial law, and it only says that he can hold it for thirty days, and then another thirty days if not if 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 he if necessary. 
It doesn't say it can be indefinite. Now we've been in this martial law for almost four, uh, 13 months. Uh, actually, we're going, we're on close almost to, to uh, 14 months. We're going on 14 months. We've been in martial law here in Idaho because of COVID. COVID, right? So anyhow, I just wanted to express my frustration because these are serious things. And I'm either so crazy that I've lost it, completely lost it, that I would go down and challenge these things and get arrested over and over and, and act like I, could, I should be able to have a jury trial, act like I should be able to have, you know, a fair shot at trying to defend myself against these criminals. Either I'm completely crazy or we've got a really, really big problem. And, you know, I've been trying to do All right, my there best. there you have it. All right, so Ammon Buddy doing a great job, ladies and gentlemen. Basically, he says, I'm either stupid and crazy uh, or we got a big problem. And I would submit to you that he's not stupid. He's not crazy. Uh, he has every right to do the things that he's doing. The government uh, literally uh, has already put him in jail for over two years for being guilty of nothing. And the only people that have been exposed as fraudsters and criminals are governments at all levels. Uh, Becky, I'm sorry to take so much time to play that clip and kind of catch you up on this. But I want your initial thoughts on this story. It's a fascinating <laughs> saga on the ground for reals in America today. I think that poor Mr. Bundy is suffering from the same thing that the January 6th patriots are. These people are held in jail. They are persecuted. I imagine everybody saw the headlines about the one who was beaten to a pulp by his prison guards who said, we don't like white people. Um, we don't like patriots. Uh, didn't say it that oddly, but that was the intent. Um, there's this idea that government is some sacrosanct institution. It should have its own buildings. I'd ask where in the Constitution the federal government is empowered to have buildings. In fact, the only land that the Constitution ever accords them the right to own is land on which forts are built. Okay. They should not have these sumptuous halls that they do. They should not have this sumptuous capital from whence they can reign and rule us. Uh, but so many people have this idea that government is sacrosanct and that its uh, buildings and its palaces cannot be trod by ordinary people, the very people who pay for it all, okay? We're just serfs. Our job is to pay for all of this. Our job is not to question what goes on in there. I would agree that Mr. Bundy did not trespass. It's impossible to trespass in something you're paying for. You own it. We own these halls. We are the ones paying for them. We are the ones paying the salary of the sociopaths that inhabit them. It is our house. Um, Sam, I have long been in favor of suspending, in fact, abolishing the Secret Service. I would like to know why, when a politician rules against our interests, he should be protected and coddled. Why shouldn't he have to face angry mobs when he goes home to his constituents? Why shouldn't he have to be in fear of his life if he passes laws against our interests and against our freedom and against our pocketbooks? Um, there, there is nothing. I mean, government is a collection of criminals, of thieves and murderers and liars. There is no reason that these people should be protected. 
that they should be allowed to arrest us when we go to tell them, as Mr. Bundy did. He's trying to warn them, you are violating the highest law of the land. Why should that man suffer for having spoken truth to power? So I have really reached the point, Sam, where I don't think I, I admire Mr. Bundy tremendously. He's a very brave patriot, but I don't think that our problems are going to be resolved with his courage. I think it's going to take a shooting revolution similar to our first revolution to get rid of this problem. Sadly, because of the tyrannical nature of bureaucrats, you may be correct, Becky. I know this, though. We are doing all we can to advocate for peaceful solutions. Ammon Bundy uh, doing the same thing to try to rein them in before it ever comes to that. So let this document the record of our peaceful desires and intent. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not wimpy on this. You know what? Come what may, we must do what we must do. Uh, I get it, but I want to be the guy that leads with the peace offering leads with uh, the way we can solve this peacefully. Uh, Am and Bundy doing the same thing. And so if it comes to what you're saying, it will probably come to, uh, Becky. Let it be them that forces that reality, not us. Uh, but let it be us to stand for liberty as we must. We are getting to the point, Sam, I am deathly afraid. We are approaching a point where we're either going to have to respond with force to their various provocations or the moment is going to pass, um, Biden's gun control uh, executive orders are just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more of that where those executive orders came from. They are trying to disarm us. Uh, that and the mandatory vaccine should be our line in the sand. When they come to your home for your, actually, they won't come to your home for your guns. They will do it technologically. Uh, there will be you know, since they control the banks, you won't be able to withdraw your money from your account with your ATM unless you have turned over your guns and you have a little certificate or an app from them. It's very easy. They control so much of society. They can make us dance any way they want to. So this should be our line in the sand. When they try to disarm us, and they will most definitely, when they try to disarm us or when they try to administer their vaccine because it may contain uh, chemicals or hormones or something that will make us, will render us inoperable, whether it disables us, whether it kills us, whether it simply alters our personality or our DNA so that we become compliant instead of rebellious. Um, these are the two lines in the sand I think all patriots need to adopt. No disarming, no vaccine. Well, Rand Paul and others are calling uh, it Joe Biden's gun control crown jewel, uh, as you wisely point out. And I know the founding fathers, a lot of people believe the revolution only took, you know, a few years or whatever. But it was in the making for literally decades before that. And the patriots were very patient uh, with King George and, and Britain and that kind of stuff. It really wasn't until King George said, we're coming for the guns, we're going to disarm you, that the patriots said, oh, no, you're not. You know what, we've had a lot of patience with you, but you know what, when you start to take away our ability to defend ourselves, if we let this line be crossed, we'll never be able to defend ourselves and advocate for freedom again. And so that was kind of the line in the sand that the founding fathers drew. And sadly, because of Joe Biden, we're getting close to that now. Becky? Yes. I, I, it's amazing to me, Sam. I think he is trying to provoke a revolution. 
That's the only thing I can do. He's trying to provoke armed resistance. And I'm not sure why there are an awful lot of armed people in this country. We have more guns in this country than we do uh, residents. If they try this, there are, what, 2 million active duty soldiers, something like that. Throw in the cops, you've got another million. So there are 3 million, and that's presuming that all of them side with the government. I don't think that'll happen. But there are 3 million of them, and oh, yes, they have very sophisticated weaponry, and oh, yes, they're trained. But remember that a militia of farmers and shopkeepers defeated this most powerful army on earth in the 1770s. So when people are fighting for their homes and their livelihoods, government has taken away our livelihoods. They're trying to destroy our society, our economy. When people are fighting for their homes and their livelihoods, they have a lot more passion than hired mercenaries. So why the Democrats are trying and the Marxists are trying to provoke war in this country, I don't know, but it is a fact that they are. And we had better stand up, and the time to stand up is going to be sooner rather than later, because by the time they've got our guns, that, that ends our possibility of revolt. So Biden's gun control crown jewel, ladies and gentlemen, is really the United Nations Small Arms Treaty is what it's called. The United Nations Small Arms Treaty. Now, Joe Biden also pushing for a global tax. I don't know if you saw that. So what they're trying to do now is say we realize that state government's melting down. Uh, federal government's melting down. We're getting sick of it and starting to push back. What we're going to do is play the global government card, global governance card, to try to quell the folks who fight back. That's where this is headed. When we come back, we'll talk about that a little more with Becky Akers. I also want to talk about this article in USA Today, Everybody's a White Supremacist. (laughs) We'll talk about that. And they say we're all hate groups, but yet they're the ones firing shots and killing people, right? They're the ones withholding exculpatory evidence in court. They're the ones arresting people and claiming they don't even have to have any authority. Ladies and gentlemen, I can say one word for the end of the hour, or one phrase. God save the republic. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, Liberty Roundtable Live, hard hitting talk at your fingertips. This is the broadcast for April the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Becky Akers with me. Two-hour special broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, normally 
I really try to keep each hour of radio independent so that you can just listen to one hour, etc. But on occasion, it's vital to do a two-hour broadcast on a given set of topics. This is one of those times. Last hour, we talked about Ammon Bundy. We talked about prophecy. We talked about being involved in what we can control and what we can do something about, and I think Ammon Bundy is doing that. At the end of that hour, and you've got to listen to that to be caught up on this hour, but at the end of that hour, Becky Akers said, hey, I, I appreciate Ammon Bundy. I think he's a wonderful patriot. He's doing the best he can, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, I think Becky's correct. That doesn't take away from the heroic efforts of Ammon Bundy or any other patriot that fights for the sacred cause of liberty. But it does articulate that, you know what, these people are evil. And when the majority of the American people don't do anything, and when I say the majority, I mean the vast majority. We only needed, what, 3 to 5% to fight for the American Revolution back in the day? So we don't need a whole lot. But we don't even have close to that many people advocating for liberty. Not people who will put their money where their mouth is. Not people like Ammon Bundy who, has the, who have the guts to really break it on down and go all the way with this thing. Right? It, it, it's a different ballgame. Anyway, I bring all that up, Becky, to kind of let you finish on your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off before the end of the hour. Uh, but, you know, look, this is a, an epic battle. Uh, and we must do all that we can within our control. And I think Ammon's pushback is exposing the criminality uh, that most people didn't realize exists. And now more and more and more Americans are starting to realize and go, wait, hey, wait a minute, there is a problem. So the Great Awakening to some degree is taking place, Becky. Yes, and Sam, I've been very encouraged. I think that uh, our rulers did a marvelous job of recruiting many Americans, educating them, on liberty this past year. I think a lot of Americans have come up short uh, looking at what totalitarianism looks like. I think they've been shocked at what their government has done to them. And I've been very encouraged, Sam, as I see people who ordinarily wouldn't, you wouldn't think would care much about freedom or political philosophy get on YouTube and pontificate on it as though they are Milton Friedman, okay? I'm thinking specifically of the owners of the gym in New Jersey who, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that video, but um, it, it did go viral, and he basically held up placards. The owner of this gym held up placards, and one of them, I remember, said, free men don't ask permission. Now, that may seem elemental, but it really is an advanced concept in freedom because what it's doing is it is saying no licensing. And that's not something most people who, um, you know, most Americans, that's not something most Americans would be familiar with. The idea, you know, everybody just accepts, well, I got to license my car. And of course, businesses are licensed and that protects me. And a contractor, I got to have a licensed contractor. They never reflect on the fact that this is asking the government for permission to drive a car. It's asking the government for permission to earn your living. Okay, so most Americans, you know, reflexively are in favor of licensing. Here is a gym owner saying, no, free men don't ask permission. Okay, free men don't go to the government and say, can I, please, may I? Um, so that's, that's very... Um, very encouraging after this last year to watch how many Americans are waking up, how many are realizing, you know what, government is our enemy. And I want to assure everybody, our rulers already know that it's us against them. 
we are the ones who have been slow waking up to that. These people know, these people that are uh, persecuting Ammon Bundy, who, by the way, had he been alive about 250 years ago, would have been a general in the Continental Army um, and a, recognized as a patriot. Instead of being vilified and persecuted, he'd be a huge, huge national hero for the new American country. Um, but uh, what he is doing, I, as, as you said, Sam, we would need many Americans doing for it to succeed. I just don't think that one man or a handful, there are other people like him elsewhere in the country, but very, very few. Um, but that's what we would need is a country of people like Ammon Bundy before that could succeed, or at least I would say a good percentage, 30 to 50% before we could peaceably succeed at what he's trying to do. I agree 100%, and I commend Ammon Bundy for his efforts, and I don't disagree with him on standing up to expose criminal activity. But I agree that if we don't stand together, we all hang separately is kind of the problem. Uh, and so it's a big battle, and that doesn't take away from what Ammon's doing. Uh, it just highlights the trouble we're in. Ammon basically ended his kind of statements by saying, Look, I'm either stupid and crazy or, uh, you know what, we've got a real problem. And I, I tend to agree with him. It is a real problem. you got Joe Biden's executive order against guns worldaffairsbrief.com with the article on this with a breakdown of the details but look this president literally is saying you don't have a second amendment i have every right as king to simply obliterate that with an executive order i can make law and i can be judged during executioner on that law and that's kind of what he's saying from the oval office right now he should be arrested on the spot becky oh absolutely absolutely he should be arrested for having stolen the election I think that that is beyond dispute. There is far too much evidence to say that he and his Democratic sidekicks didn't steal this election. I actually don't think he was directly involved. I don't think he's got the intellect to be directly involved in something like that. Um, I'm sure you've all seen the memes of him looking wistfully out of the White House window and, and uh, um, with the caption, what happens when they tell you it's too windy outside? So I, I don't think he's got the intellectual or moral capability to have stolen the election. But he's a puppet and a figurehead, and we need, he, he's absolutely unconstitutional for him to be where he is. We need to get him out of there. And the only way I see that happen is by bringing force against them. Do you think that they're going to force vaccine passports on us to travel, to enter stores? They might not be able to control every business, but what they'll do is they'll, behind the scenes, twist the arms and give special privilege to uh, a lot of these corporate, national, and international chains. Um, a lot of these companies now are saying, we don't even care if the governors lift mask mandates or anything else. You're going to wear masks in our store, private property, we can do what we want. But behind the scenes, there's kind of a twist uh, the arm, uh, quid pro quo between government and these big companies, these big corporate chains, um, to where they're going to force masks. And some of the airlines and some of the travel organizations are starting to even say, hey, we're going to have a vaccine passport. New York, as you know, your state's literally doubled down and said, hey, we're going to have a passport here, a vaccine passport. you got to have it. Is that where they're going next, you think? I think they're being a little more clever than that, Sam. And it is to our detriment, as is everything they do. Um, let me 
say that most of the people who read my columns in my books are people who already love liberty. Rarely I will get somebody who disagrees entirely, but most people, we just live in an echo chamber society right now. Most people who are reading me agree or are close to agreeing with it. So that makes what I'm about to say even more discouraging. I heard from a gentleman yesterday defending the right of private business to require us to wear masks. It's not the government doing that, you know. It's a private business. And you know what? If he wants to see a vaccine passport before I go into his, his business, why? It's private property. He has the right to do that. I raised the point to him that, really, you don't think this is being done under coercion or under corruption, that the government is giving them quid pro quo when they go along with the agenda? No, no, no. And even if they do, that's his decision to make. Okay, we have Friends of Liberty defending the right, quote, of a private business to require such satanic measures from us because, after all, it's private property. This is diabolically clever. And I have read and researched several articles that are saying that's how it's going to operate. And Biden's White House so far, that moron who is his spokeswoman, has said a few times now, they're all liars. It doesn't doesn't mean she's telling the truth, but she has said a few times, no, 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 we're not going to be involved in vaccine passports. Absolutely not. No, we're not going to require a national vaccine, and we're certainly not going to be doing passports. We're just going to provide guidelines for private businesses if they want to. Now, you know that guidelines from D.C. are mandatory. We all know that they operate in a corrupt manner and that money changes hands and people go by the guidelines. So I don't think it's going to be necessary. The other for for a uh, you know national mandate or a national passport, national vaccine, anything like that. The other really horrifying thing about all this is that the um, media whores, and I use that word advisedly, not to shock or offend anybody, but the media whores have done such an excellent job terrifying Americans. Okay, now they've of course been aided by the public schools. They have dumbed everybody down. They don't even understand basic science. But they have done nothing 24 7 the last year except to terrify people. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Becky Akers with us. We're talking about liberty, how to preserve liberty, what they're doing against us, and how we should respond. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. 
Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Matt Staver, well-known attorney with Liberty Council, just emailed me and said, Sam, we have Biden's VAX passport plan. Yeah, there's documentation to prove it. They had a PowerPoint presentation. Press Secretary Saki and Joe Biden flat out lying, and they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They have vaccination passport plans. Ladies and gentlemen, this will anger Americans like you've never seen before, because if you can, if you can force someone to take the jab, to literally inject experimental vaccine serum into your veins by force. I don't know if it's the mark of the beast, folks, or not, but I know this. It is diabolical, satanic, and evil. And if they can do that, what can't they mandate? Let's ask that. What can they not mandate if they can mandate this? This is, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, a Rubicon precipice. That if we cross, I don't know that there'll ever be a turning back. Okay, once they get that kind of power, these psychopaths foaming at the mouth will stop at nothing. And that's really what we're dealing with, folks. Uh, Make no mistake about that reality check. I agree with Becky that, you know what, these people are evil, that they need to be stopped, they need to be arrested. They're out of control, and they have no authority to mandate this. They're lying. It reminds me of the Agenda 21 plans on property rights, by the way, where they claimed we're just going to be local facilitators. We're going to help you to craft your own unique local plan. And it turned out once we dug and dug and found the documents, it was a global, international, United Nations plan that was locally facilitated by expert facilitators in your community. And you believed that it was local and that you were participating in the process, but they were lying to you and building consensus around this global plan that they already had in place. And yeah, they'd make you, they'd let you make a choice or two here or there about, you know, hey, you want language A or language B in the document and stuff like that. They made you feel like you were part of the process, but it was all a big old scandal, a lie. That's been opposed and pushed back by good patriots to the point where now they had to rename Agenda 21 to Agenda 2030. Uh, and they'll probably have to push it back again if we can be eternally vigilant. So the battle for liberty continues, ladies and gentlemen. This is nothing new. Uh, the battle for freedom versus tyranny life versus death has been going on since Cain killed Abel, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the pro-death folks, the uh, pro-tyranny folks, they've wanted tyranny for over 6,000 years. They haven't got it yet, and they're not going to get it on our watch either. We're going to stand for the sacred cause of liberty. I know it seems dire. I know it seems difficult. 
I know it seems like there's just no way to, to deal with it, but there is, folks. We the people can make a difference, and the most important thing to do is to do all that you can and then trust in your God. So they're going to push for these passports. There's no doubt about it. The question is, is how much we push back. Will they get their way or will we push back and stop it? I pray the latter, that we push back and stop it. But here's what they're doing to take you and I out of the game, and Ammon Bundy and everybody else. Here it is. Headline USA Today says this. White supremacist propaganda on the rise, they say. White, suppress, white supremacist propaganda on the rise. Now, I get that there are racist people in the world, and shame on them. But you know what? The masses are not racist, okay? It's a big lie. They say incidents of white supremacist propaganda hit an all-time high in 2020. According to a new report from the Anti-Defamation League LDL Center on Extremism, which has tracked racist propaganda for decades, anti-Semitic, racist, and anti-GL or gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender posters, flyers, and graffiti everywhere were recorded over 5,125 times in 2020, according to the report, almost twice the number of incidences that were reported in 2019. The report released documents every state is being involved except for the state of Hawaii. It includes 130 incidents of white supremacists putting up banners, 56 in-person white supremacist events, and 283 incidents of anti-Semitic language or propaganda that specifically targeted Jewish institutions, a 68% increase from 2019, they say. Oren Siegel, vice president of the Center on Extremism, says the increased propaganda is another indication of how divided America has truly become. As the pandemic social justice protests and a polarizing election were not enough, one of the other things we've been dealing with is a significant increase in efforts by white supremacists spreading their messages around the globe. What the numbers suggest is what they call a doubling down and what they view as a successful tactic. At least 30 different white supremacist groups distributed flyers, put up posters, and they've literally promoted their agenda in public and private spaces. They say their messages range from Nazi propaganda to coded language that disguise white supremacist messages, inside expressions of patriotism and nationalism. They say, believe it or not, a few organizations are responsible for more than 90% of the propaganda, the most active group by far was Texas-based Patriot Front, headed by Thomas Rousseau, which was behind 4,105 of the incidents. Patriot Fund masks its racism in vague phrases, like America First, Reclaim America, but the group's official manifesto makes it and its white supremacist goals crystal clear. Anyway, they go on and on and on and on. They say they use Telegram. They use all kinds of online and offline uh, capabilities, etc. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But they basically say everybody is becoming a white supremacist. And if you say you're not, well, it's your coded language. And you may be so, uh, based on critical race theory, you may be so privileged in your white supremacy that you don't even know you're a white supremacist, okay? So this is diabolical how they're deceiving the people and dividing the country. Uh, over these false narratives. In fact, it's so bad. 
It's so bad that even former NBA star Charles Barkley caught him at their game and said, you know what? Most black people and white people are good people. These dividers are doing so for political gain and control over us, and it's got to stop. Becky, that's how they're dividing us so that we can't gain the mojo that our greater numbers would require to stop them. Yes, that is a prime tactic of government and especially of Marxists. Um, let me say that Marxists pretty much invented racism. They use it as a tool to get people to accept their satanic philosophy. It's manipulation. It's based on lies. Um, the uh, athlete, I'm, I'm sorry, Sam, I'm just not familiar with NFL at all, but uh, I saw his quote online and just stood up and cheered. He's absolutely right. Uh, people are generally willing to get along with each other. Um, you know, one of the things I have learned from living in New York City, uh, the ethnicity capital of the world, is that virtually every ethnic group prefers its own kind. Okay, there are a few people here and there who want to have a broad variety of people from different backgrounds as friends, but most people really enjoy being with their own kind. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, for Marxists to make it into such a huge deal, what is going on is they are absolutely, as you said, Sam, trying to divide us, trying to keep us from understanding that our true enemies are the politicians and bureaucrats who are attempting to lord it over us. So anytime you hear these claims of white supremacists, you should realize that Marxists are behind it and they are trying hard to take over this country. They are hoping to keep us all fighting amongst ourselves so that we cannot fight their satanic agenda. Now, they've taken this white supremacist idea and they've now merged it with a term called phobia. All right. Now, listen carefully to this. Because you are anti-Semitic, you are, uh, and they go on, and then they use this word. To begin, we need to understand the word phobia. Okay? The meaning of the word comes from the Greek word phobos, meaning fear. Okay? A specific object, fear, activity, etc. It goes on and on. So what they want to say is, you know what, you're phobic. You're white and you're phobic. And what that means is that, you know what, you hate everything. You are against everything. You are fearful of everything. What they're doing is they're basically putting you in this label box. So now you're a white, you're a Christian, and you're a phobic. And between those three words, white, Christian, phobic, they're going to literally put you in a speech prison, a thought prison a behavioral prison to where you're probably an anti-vaxxer too, aren't you? You probably are one of those people that believe that the birth thing for Barack Obama was a, was a thing. You're, you're a birther, you're a truther, you're a, a, a phobic, you're a white, you're a supremacist, you're a Christian, you're a hater, you're a... And between all these labels, then now they've basically shut us out of the debate entirely. And the mainstream press is all too willing to carry the ball, Becky. Yes, they are. The mainstream press is my... Okay. You think Pravda was uh, Marxist? It doesn't hold a chance. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Becky Akers with me. We are talking about interesting times in which we live and what can we do to change the game. I got a couple of ideas for solutions. Becky has some as well, and we'll talk about that coming up on your radio.
proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Concerns growing over the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Georgia yesterday temporarily shuts down a site where the J&J vaccine is being administered. That's because eight people who got their shots there got sick. USC professor of medicine David Agus on CBS News. This is, you know, a really potent vaccine. And what we're seeing is some of those potency relating in a very rare side effect that we just have to be aware of. Georgia now the third state to pause giving up the J&J vaccine due to side effects among some recipients, North Carolina and Colorado, the others, the CDC investigating. NASA planning to break another barrier. The space agency announcing yesterday that under the Artemis program, a person of color will step on the moon for the first time ever. NASA earlier announcing the first woman on the moon will be part of the program. Artemis expected to launch in 2024. So far, 12 people have walked on the moon, all of them American men. This is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. Medical experts taking the stand yesterday in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer accused of murdering George Floyd. Forensic pathologist Dr. Lindsay Thomas testifying for the prosecution on the impact Chauvin's actions had on Floyd's death. This is a death where both the heart and lungs stopped working. And the, the point is that it's due to law enforcement subdual restraint and compression. That is kind of what ultimately is the immediate cause of death is the subdual restraint and compression. Hennepin County Chief Medical Examiner Dr. David Baker, the one who ruled Floyd's death a homicide, during his testimony yesterday, he says Floyd's pre-existing medical conditions, including heart disease, played a role in his death, but they were not a direct cause. Congressman Matt Gates under more scrutiny. The House Ethics Committee announcing yesterday is now investigating the Florida Republican. This coming after the New York Times reports the Justice Department is investigating Gates for sex trafficking, paying women for sex, and having sex with an underage girl. Gates denies all of it, and no charges have been filed. This is USA Radio News. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. So this is some heavy topics, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about tyranny and their quest to push for tyranny and all the efforts they're doing to make it so. The American people are waking up, uh, amazingly enough, more so than I thought they would. Uh, the battle's on, though. The problem is it may be too late to peacefully deal with this, folks. Let me explain why. You know, Joe's coming for your guns. We talked about that. But I don't know if you know, but it's already about impossible to get ammunition, folks. They've already been working behind the scenes, even during the Trump administration, to literally 
make ammunition almost impossible to get. So we've got a problem on our hands, that's for sure. Uh, and I want to focus on this, these solutions, whether they call you a white supremacist, whether they call you a homophobe, the quickest thing you can do is instead of argue against that, nobody likes to be called a racist. Everybody wants to go, wait a minute, no, I got a black friend. <laughs> wait a minute, no, I, I know Jewish people. I'm not hate-filled. I, and, and what you do is you just spend half the time defending yourself, and they already know that you're not a racist, folks. With rare exception, they already know that you're not a racist. They just know it'll shut you up and put you on the defensive and change the topic and derail the conversation as they perpetual, as they peddle their lies. You know when they assassinate your character that they don't have any ammunition left in the real discussion of the real debate. Okay, that's why they're going there. So the quickest thing you can do is just laugh it off and just go, whatever, and, and then stick with the topic at hand. That's solution one that I have, is we need to really be willing to stand up and push our narrative uh, which is you criminals need to stop, and we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to turn to our God, to our family, to our country, and get this done. Americans have been kicked in the teeth many a times throughout history, but you know what? We're pretty resilient. But we'll only have success if we turn to our God and stick together. Uh, but we need to be smart enough not to fall for their narrative and go off script for our goals. That's number one solution. Becky? Absolutely, Sam. Um, I think that Perhaps our best defensive tactic is to realize precisely what government is and specifically the United States government and how it has degenerated from its early days. Supposedly, according to the Constitution, the government was to safeguard our lives and liberties, actually just our liberties. Um, life in the founding era was considered to be secondary to freedom. Um, so the government was instituted to uh, preserve our rights. It has not been doing that for centuries. We need to realize that. We need to realize that the United States government has become one of the world's most destructive forces of liberty and rights. We have no rights. Uh, Ammon Bundy is a perfect example of that. He is um, exercising his right to go into a building he's paying for, and he's told he's trespassing. Okay, if that doesn't bring home our serfdom, I don't know what will. But we need to recognize what the United States and our state and local governments, too, what they have become. You know, Sam, it's, it's been fascinating to me this last year to watch how much of our lives and society Governments at various levels could destroy with their pandemic. okay? They could go and holler about health, and they're going to protect our health. They shut down sporting events. Why is government involved in providing sports? They shut down plays and theater. Why is government in charge of administering theaters? They shut down restaurants. Why is government in charge of uh, inspecting restaurants and then telling them how far apart they can place their tables and that everybody inside must wear a mask. Where does this come from? This is all to illustrate that the United States government at every level, whether your municipality, your state, your uh, federal government, every single level has become totally corrupt and totally tyrannical. We need to understand that. And once we do understand that, we, we make the further leap then to realize that these people are our sworn enemies. Um, the owner of the gym in New Jersey that I referenced earlier has another meme out on the web, and I love it. He, he said, 
have you noticed that everything they've said this last year is to destroy you? And I'm paraphrasing wildly. Yeah, I encourage everybody to look it up. It's a marvelous quote. Have you noticed that everything they're doing, telling you to do this last year has destroyed you, made you fat and dumb and kept you from exercising and made you sick and, and robbed you of your livelihood? These people hate you. Okay, we all need to come to grips with that. The people in office, whether elected or bureaucratic, hate us. They sponge off us. They steal from us. You'd think they'd be grateful since we support their lifestyles and their children and their families. No, they're not grateful. They hate us. They want to kill us. I don't mean that in a figurative sense. Either Look at the wars they start where they drag your kids off to fight people that never hurt them. Okay? They hate us. Come to grips with that. Understand government is totally evil. It is totally corrupt. We have to extirpate it by the roots. That, you know, that's the meaning of the word radical. You go back to the roots. We need to rip government out and eradicate it at the root. Once we've done that, Sam, we're then fit to fight for our freedom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, I know it sounds like tough medicine, and you may or may not agree with Becky's solution entirely, but understand that we the people must get to grips on what the answers are. In other words, you can only take action if you know what direction you want to go, and the answer certainly isn't more government. I can promise you that. And the answer certainly is to restrict their money. If we're going to talk solutions, I think turning to our God is one of them. I think uh, restricting their financial wherewithal is another. We need to chain them down with the Constitution. Uh, Becky would rip out government completely. I might not go that far, but I certainly agree with her premises that, you know what, these people literally are using everything we have against us. And the more we allow them to have money and to lord over us then they just have greater resources to increase their abuse i do have one teeny good piece of uh, or piece of good news if you will headline says this supreme court tells governor newsom no way on restricting home-based religious gatherings is it enough of course not but is it a start uh i'd say so i'd say the more we can worship freely the better off we are uh, and I think that's one of the things that's been so egregious about this pandemic over the last year is they have literally restricted religious freedom to the best of their ability. Um, that alone was the whole purpose. Uh, you know, a lot of the patriots and founders even came to this country or came to these colonies or whatever you want to call it. Um, they left their homelands. They, they seeked for and pushed for religious liberty. That's why, uh, you know what, our nation is a religious nation. And if we jettison that, we also jettison the liberty that comes with uh, that religion, and, and that religion being Christianity. Uh, Becky, your thoughts? Oh, I couldn't agree more, Sam. Um, it is frightening to me how complicit the pastors of churches have been with all of this evil, okay? Um, they, they've just kowtowed to government. They, As soon as governors suggested, in many cases, it wasn't even a mandate, but the governor's simply suggesting, which I give the governor's credit there for being very clever, okay? They know they haven't got the authority to shut down a church, so they just suggested that churches close. And by my estimates, 90 
5% of American clergy leaped to obey. You had a few brave souls here and there that stayed open regardless, but overwhelmingly, American clergy obeyed. They paid attention to government, not God. Because what does the Bible say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We are to be meeting weekly to praise and worship the Lord, to confess our sins to him and ask his forgiveness, to take his supper. You can't do that virtually, Sam. And yet pastors did not care. They shut down. They have betrayed their flocks exponentially. And I personally, and I'm sure many of you can tell the same type of story, I wrote to my pastor and I said to him, what are you doing? We should be open. We should be welcoming everybody now of all times. People need to hear the gospel. They need the hope and the assurance that God loves them. We need to be preaching that. We can't do that if we're shut. And his response to me was, don't question my decision. Okay, this is a totally corrupt infiltrated church. These are pastors who are wolves in sheep's clothing. We need to get away from them. If you are a member of a church that closed, that when it reopened only at the governor's say-so, and then required satanic and communistic masks, you need to realize you are dealing with a wolf in sheep's clothing. Tie yourself away from there as quickly as you can. Uh, Sam, I've had an experience at different churches over the last year, and I have finally come to where I'm having a home church. My family gathers for worship, and that's it. I have washed my hands of the established churches in this country because they are almost as hopelessly corrupt as government is. And partly the reason that churches and religious leaders are being corrupt, partly the problem with that is they more than any group make you feel like they're on God's side. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim, a strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. 
The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Becky Iker with me. We're talking about liberty. We're talking about how to fight for it. What do we do? What are the solutions? You know, I think turn to and trust in God Almighty is one of them. Turn to and trust in the God-ordained traditional family uh, is another. Home church is one of the great solutions as well. The governor, uh, Newsom, tried to ban home churches and everything else, and literally the courts, uh, in a rare display of truth-telling, literally shut down Governor Newsom, who should be recalled, by the way, and arrested for his criminal activity. Uh, But really, religion is one of the keys here, folks, and they've been trying to restrict our ability to worship God Almighty uh, and you know what? For the most part, Becky's right. They've they've shut down churches and religious organizations everywhere. And we need to be careful and stand with those who are willing to turn to God, turn to family. Uh, and that's kind of where it starts. Becky, you're saying uh, you've been having home church over the last year. We've been doing home church over the last year as well. And um, you know what? We need to make sure that worship is at the center of our solutions. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Sam. And let me say that Prior to the pandemic, I was one of the established church's fiercest defenders. I would hear from readers who would say to me, I don't want to attend any church. I can't find a church that, that I like. You know, I'm just going to go out in nature and worship God. And I would tell them without fail, we are commanded to be members of the body of Christ. We are commanded to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And then you had the pastors themselves abandoning that. So I, I just want nothing further to do with the established American church. I, I'm a big fan of Voice of the Martyrs. If you're not familiar with that, I urge you to uh, get on their website, vom.com, and read the stories of our brothers and sisters worldwide and what they put up with when they try to practice their faith, when they try to share their faith, read of the torture they endure, okay? We have it so easy, and I think that has worked to the detriment of our churches here. They are, Sam, you know, another really disheartening fact about my contacting my pastor and trying to convince him not to close, I was the only person in the church who objected. The only one. This was like a 120-member church. The one person who said, shouldn't we be obeying God? Why are we obeying men? Shouldn't we follow the Lord, not the governor? I, I can't come to this with that to this day. Then I went to a couple of other churches. I found one that was open when all others were closed. I thought, okay, here's a true shepherd. The only problem is I don't speak Serbian. It was a Serbian Orthodox church. And, uh, and he told me. He said, we checked with the health department. We're not required to close. Okay, what does that say about all the other churches in the area that had closed? We're not required to close. Okay, how disloyal, how unloving to our God that we're refusing to assemble and worship him as he's commanded us to do. Okay, Um, I, I attended the Serbian Orthodox Church for a while. Finally, I found a church. It had closed but it reopened far earlier than others had. Uh, we started going there. We attended there for about six months. And get this, 
one morning, now, there were a few people wearing masks in the congregation, but overall they weren't. They did scurry out as soon as the, the, the service was finished. Nobody uh, fellowshiped afterwards, and I chalked that up to the shamdemic as well. Uh, there were other things like they, they, for a while, were requiring everybody to sit six feet apart and in different rows and that sort of nonsense. But most people weren't wearing masks. We got there one Sunday morning. Everybody is masked up. And I said to my husband, what in the world? The pastor stood up before preaching and said, whoever snitched on us to the health department, I wish you had come to me instead. I would have told you my convictions against wearing a mask. He's saying this through the mask he has now donned, okay? Now, you talk about an unchristian, unloving thing to do, to snitch on your own brothers and sisters in the Lord. I went back a few Sundays after that. It is impossible to worship when you are looking around wondering who the rat think is. Is it the guy ahead of me? Is it the guy behind me? Who is it? Um, it's also very difficult to have any respect for a pastor who does not have the courage of his convictions. I even said to him when I greeted him after the service one time, you know, you said you have convictions against the mask. Please don't wear it anymore. He wouldn't even meet my eyes. Okay. This is what we're dealing with, folks. We are dealing with wusses who have not got the courage of their convictions. We are dealing with traitors to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are dealing with men who, when a godless, atheistic governor suggests they close, they leap to obey. And would you like to know why? Because there are offices in every state I've checked. I haven't checked all 50, but the ones I have checked, I'll have them. There are offices that contain liaisons between your governor and your pastor. I think a lot of you have heard about these clergy response teams that the governments have been putting together, the various state governments, okay? That's what's going on. These clergy response teams are there. They recruit your pastor to turn you into a a government-loving lackey who will obey, who, when the chips are down, when there's an emergency quote, or a, quote, disaster, you will obey the armed agents coming to your home and ordering you into the truck that goes to the gulag, okay? That's what these pastors are doing, all right? I found out for a fact that there is such an organization, such an office in my state, and that they have been communicating with pastors throughout the state and indoctrinating them well before COVID ever hit us. Okay, so these guys were lined up and ready to go. We have been betrayed. All right, if you are wondering why your church is far more concerned about your physical health than it is your mental and spiritual, that's why. We have been sold down the river by the wolves in sheep's clothing in the pulpit. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my response to that, if we're talking about solutions, I mentioned turn to and trust in God turn to and trust in the traditional family and third is play pray for the return of the black robed regiment ladies and gentlemen that's one of the great solutions we need in america as well becky amen 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 um the black robed regiment i just pray god daily that he will raise up men like that now family there are several uh, as I mentioned, 5% of churches, by my estimate, that's not an official number, but uh, I'm drawing on my my readership, uh, different readers who would write me and say, you know, everybody in my denomination, I correspond with a number of pastors, 
They'll tell me everyone but me and my denomination closed. One pastor supplied me with that 5% number, and I'm uh, trusting his accuracy and trusting his perceptions. Um, but what we need is a regiment of pastors like they had during the American Revolution and well before the Revolution who taught their congregations the sacred doctrine of liberty, who taught their congregations from the Bible that the state is satanic. Government is satanic. Now, if you doubt that, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4 and read Christ's temptation in the wilderness when Satan takes him up on the mountaintop and says, look, all around all these nations, and the word used there in the Greek means government, okay? It's not talking about the people in the nation. It's talking about the government. All these governments I will give you if you bow down and worship me. Now, folks, you can't give something you don't own. And Christ doesn't dispute him. He doesn't say, wait a minute, you don't own those governments. We own them. Wait, my father and I, we're the ones that own them. No, the Lord doesn't say that. He tacitly acknowledges that Satan does, in fact, own political government. Let that sink in. Remember who crucified our Lord, who nailed him to the wood. Yes, our sins put him there. But who actually did the nailing government okay because satan owned it and you can bet every bottom dollar you have that satan was laughing himself silly as our lord hung on that cross at the behest of satan's institution political government we've talked about the 10 virgins what it means to be ready on yesterday's broadcast Ladies and gentlemen, what we need to do is learn to collect a drop of oil at a time. Okay, the oil of the ten virgins wasn't gathered all at once. Okay, it wasn't something that you could just simply go buy. It was something that you had to gather over time, a little bit at a time. You had to be focused. You couldn't make the mistakes of the five foolish virgins and just simply ignore. You had to work at it every single day, day in and day out. You had to turn to God. You had to humble yourself. You had to develop your spiritual side and your spiritual aptitude. There are spiritual muscles that need to be exercised. And Okay, these are the keys to success, Becky, if we're going to make it through this tough time ahead. And I don't know what the future holds. I'm not a prophet. But I do know Christ will come, and I do know he is readying his people for that wonderful, glorious event. Absolutely, Sam. And he is sovereign and in control of all these Marxists, all these totalitarians with their great reset and their shamdemic. He is sovereign. He is in control. I, I don't let them upset me. <laughs> I get very angry when I think about them, but I understand God is sovereign over them. They can't do anything he doesn't permit. And I comfort myself often with Psalm 2. It says, the Lord sits on his throne and laughs them to scorn. Every time Bill Gates opens his flapping gums, the Lord's laughing him to scorn. Every time Fauci gets on the air and lies, the Lord is laughing him to scorn. Every time Biden flaps his gums, the Lord is laughing him to scorn. Okay, all these Marxists that hope to subjugate us, the Lord is laughing them to scorn. So he's in control. He will protect us. His will be done. Ladies and gentlemen, the question is, what is the oil in the lamps that Christ speaks of? Uh, do you have the oil, or will you be shut out? 
how do you get the oil? Right? Do you possess enough oil for your lamp? Those are the kind of questions we need to be asking ourselves. And one of the things, uh, believe it or not, I believe home worship is a blessing. Because it makes you realize you don't need a building. You don't need a pastor to turn to your God. What you need is the love of liberty, the love of truth, the love of God. And you know what? You can worship on your own. You can develop a a relationship uh, with Christ. You can uh, shepherd your family in a meaningful way. And I think what we've kind of learned from the pandemic is we don't need a, quote, middleman with Jesus Christ. He is the middleman between us and our Father. He is the great mediator. And we don't need an earthly middleman, per se. Uh, That's something really to kind of understand, Becky. Yes. Absolutely. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And uh, for all the Catholics out there, my heartfelt sympathy for you that you think the Pope is your ticket to, to God. He is not. He is a Marxist. His current Pope is a disgrace, a criminal, a Marxist. Rise up, people. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Sadly, we're flat out of time before I wanted to be. I'm telling you right now, it is a God family country focus, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say country, I'm not talking about government. I'm talking about the principles of liberty. I'm talking about those who can advocate for that liberty. Um, You know what? I've only got one life to give for my country. Sad tale to tell, right? By the way, speaking of that, check out Becky Akers' books. They're incredible. Just search for Becky Akers online. Abducting Arnold. That's one about Benedict Arnold, the other side of the story. Or Becky Akers' Hailstorm. Incredible book about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest patriots ever to live. Thanks for being alongside with the ride. For Sam and Becky, we declare we the people can and will restore liberty. The only question left is will you get involved? God save the Republic of the United States.